0: I am Clara Shea and you are listening to another awesome episode of the Business of Dan's podcast. This is a rebroadcast episode, jumping into the archives of our amazing show. Now, before you jump off or try and find a brand new episode, I encourage you to listen closely or even listen again. For myself personally, I always find my learnings are much more in-depth or I even pick up on something new that I may have missed before the second time around. So I encourage you to grab a coffee or a wine depending on your time zone and we can get learning together. So let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, it's Claire here for another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. Today will be a very special episode as I'll be interviewing the owner of Studio Go and as well as one of the co-founders of Studio 2Go. I am super excited for this interview and will be asking Leah some really important questions as well as getting her to tell her story on how Studio Go, which is her dance studio, and Studio 2Go came to be. So for those of you who don't know Studio Go, it is a mobile dance studio committed to providing the best on-site dance and movement education throughout Atlanta, Athens, Charleston, Chattanooga and now in Charlotte in the United States. Studio Go is committed to being the dance studio on the go which means they seek to create a studio atmosphere of quality dance, friendly relationships and a sense of community throughout their mobile locations. Leah is also excited to be launching her new business which she co-founded called Studio 2 Go. And Studio To Go creates programs that cater to all things recreational dance. Leah and her partners Robin Donaldson and Lauren Nolan curate creative and engaging programs for dance studio owners as well as teachers. They're also consultants and curate monthly ballet and jazz programs all designed for preschool students. studio to go are also working on creating a birthday party curriculum, camp syllabi, and they will soon also be selling amazing dance retail for teachers and studio owners that can be purchased in the near future. So a little more about Leah. So Leah is the founder of Studio Go and continues to teach at the throughout Atlanta. Leah believes what sets Studio Go apart from other competitors is their passion, enthusiasm, and the desire to create a community that always seeks to put the students first. She began her dance training at the age of five at the Oak Ridge Academy of Dance in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. She studied ballet, tap, modern, lyrical, and jazz. Leah went on to dance and perform with the Contemporary Dance Ensemble under the direction of Pam Reedy. During her time with CDE, she had the opportunity to work with and take classes from renowned dancers and choreographers and was selected to be a member of the CDE competition team which travelled to many competitions each year, competing both regionally and nationally. Leah had the opportunity to perform in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and the FedEx Orange Bowl National Championship Halftime Show. She also danced in productions of the Oak Ridge Civic Ballet Associations, The Nutcracker, and Cinderella. Leah has a BA in communications with a minor in Spanish from the Moorhead State University. While at MSU, Leah was on the dance team, serving as captain and choreographed several pieces for her team. Leah now resides in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband, Todd, her son, Jonah, and their two lively boxers. Without any further ado, I am super excited to introduce Leah and learn more about her and her wonderful businesses she has created. So let's dive into the episode.
1: This podcast episode is brought to you by the Business of Dance Facebook group, a free community for dance educators, business owners, and entrepreneurs to support and inspire one another as they grow their business into an empire. Join us today by going to facebook.com slash groups slash business of dance.
0: So welcome to the show today, Leah. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about yourself for our listeners who don't know who you are and what your studio is about?
2: Sure, absolutely. So my name is Leah Matthews. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I have two businesses. One is an on-site dance studio, and we operate in Atlanta, Georgia, Athens, Georgia, Charleston, South Carolina, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Charlotte, North Carolina. And then the second business is Studio 2Go, which creates and curates content for other dance studio owners and teachers.
0: Amazing. It sounds like you keep yourself very busy.
2: Yes, a little bit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So how long have you been in dance education? Like how long have you been doing your studio or, you know, working as a teacher in the industry?
2: So consistently nine years. Mm -hmm. I taught earlier you know when I was a teenager and then briefly when I got out into quote unquote the real world and then kind of did a little corporate stint for a while and quickly realized that pupil life was not for me and got back into dance education about nine years ago so I've been doing that and then I opened up my first business in 2011 so about six years of owning a business
0: Amazing. That sounds fantastic. Um, yeah. So what does a regular day look like for you with, with all of those businesses that you have and all the different locations? Do, do you even have a regular day?
2: Um, yes and no. So <laughs> the long and short of it is, no, I don't really have regular days because as you know, as a business owner, things are always flying at you and you always have to address the most important first. However, I have gotten really into, um, blocking, which I know you just had some yes. brief information out about that. So I love that, awesome. um, but I do the same thing. And so I have things for my days. Awesome. So just to give you a brief kind of rundown, Monday are mm-hmm. my marketing days. So on Monday, I try to do everything marketing, whether it's social media, blogs, newsletters, you name it, that goes down on Monday. Yep. Tuesday is for my team. So team Tuesdays. And oh, that is, you know, for anything, we have like a Facebook staff page for, for our staff and we go in there and I, I do weekly content there, or maybe I'll have a meeting with my staff that would happen on Tuesday. Wednesday are for meetings. Of course, I don't have meetings every week, but that's kind of the day that I have in my calendar. So if someone says, Hey, I want to have a meeting with you. I always go Wednesday first. Cause that's my quote unquote J for that. Awesome. Um, thir- Thursday is called my J flow day. And the reason I say that is because my son's name is Jonah and Thursdays I am at home with him. And so I really try. Thanks. So I really try to be present with him Mm -hmm. when I'm there with him. Obviously I wake up early, work in the morning, and then I work during his nap time. But that day, Thursday is like when we do our, you know, fun stuff. And then the flow part of that is because it's my overflow. So I don't really necessarily have anything specific on my calendar for that day, but throughout the week, I look at what I didn't get accomplished Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. That's the overflow. It goes into my J flow day. And then Friday is my studio to go day. And that's just because, I mean, I obviously work on it other days, but yes. my other partners and I, that's like the mornings that no one teaches or no one has anything going on. So we devote like a chunk of three hours every Friday morning to sit down and have our meetings and hash out, you know, what our responsibilities are for the next week before we meet up the following week. So that's kind of how a general flow of my week looks like, but like I said, things are always being bumped around and it's not always consistent, but that's what I go into every week having.
0: Yeah, but that's amazing. And I think that, um, you know, sometimes people go, when you talk about, you know, time blocking or really kind of mapping out your week, people go, you know, Oh, but as a business owner, you know, I can't have a set schedule, but it's all about creating a Mm -hmm. schedule that works for you and your family. Like, you know, like you said, with your son. And so, you know, even I, I really like the idea of, you know, theming days uh, and even like time blocking little segments, like, you know, like you said, Mm -hmm. on your marketing Mondays, you do Facebook and your blog. So you, you know, you're doing a range of activities. You are going to cover a lot of different concepts, but there's still flexibility within that. And, you know, if someone's sick or, you know, you have to change something, well, that's okay. So I feel like it is so valuable. And I guess it's kind of like, you know, when it seems like a really... I don't know, like an unattainable goal maybe. And some people get sort of just, oh, you know, it's not worth me trying or something. But I feel like, you know, obviously you make it work and I make it work and I Mm -hmm. have a completely different uh, structure to you. Like I don't have kids, so, you know, I have a different week. But, you know, everybody's week's different. And I think that's what um, makes that time blocking so amazing.
2: You're absolutely right. And you hit the nail on the head. Like it's not black or white, you know. No. Like you said, you're going to change it and it's okay. I think some people approach it thinking, well, I can't block out my day that way because something's going to come up. Well, something will come up, but you just adjust accordingly. You know, mm. it's just like you said, being being a mom, like mm. kids work better on a schedule. I'm not someone who says, oh, my kid can never miss his nap time, but yeah. he has a general nap time because he knows to expect that. I know to expect that. It makes life easier. But if one, like Thanksgiving here in the U S we had that this past week, he missed his nap at one o'clock because we had Thanksgiving at one o'clock and that was okay Mm. because it was a, you know, a a certain circumstance that was out of the normal, but you know, you go into it saying in a perfect world, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, exactly.
0: And you touched briefly on, um, how you and your business partners, you know, do studio to go on a separate day, but I'm just going to touch, uh, go back mm-hmm. to your dance studio. So, um, you said yeah. you started that in 2011, is that
2: correct? Yes, that's right. Yes.
0: So give everyone a little bit of a rundown on like why I think the name is fantastic studio go and a little bit how you run that studio and you know, how did you come up with the concept of it?
2: Thanks. So giving you like a full picture. So studio go, I actually started in 2015. So okay. I had I was part of another business bought into another business prior to that. And then in 2015 left that and started my own. So I was still a business owner, but it was more like a franchise concept. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so studio goes since 2015. So piggybacking off that, I definitely didn't come up with the concept. I mean, people have been doing on-site enrichment programs probably since the 50s. I mean, in some sort, it's been going around for a while, um, But, you know, I've worked in studios, but then I also worked for other mobile competitors as well. And what Mm -hmm. I saw the lack of connection was, is I really wanted it to be a dance studio that you were picking up and putting in a school. So same level of quality, same level of expectations, expectations you know, everything. And that's why I named it Studio Go, because it's the studio on the go. Yeah. And I think that was really the pivotal turning point for me and my business and why I wanted to go a different way is because I do think that children should have access to affordable, quality dance education Mm. in the comfort of their own school. Now, obviously, when children get to be older, I 100% think they need to be in a studio if they're serious about dance. So, you know, we're talking about like the little preschool children at that age. There's nothing that we can't do for them that a studio can do for them. So that's kind of how it all came to be.
0: And what age does studio go focus on?
2: So we are primarily preschool and early elementary. I would say the bulk of our students are around three to four, Mm -hmm. but we start at, we start ballet at two and a half and we go up to age 10. Um, Our ballet usually goes up to age eight but we have hip hop that will go to age 10. And then we also will do like some creative movement style classes with 18 months and up, but that's not really dance. It's more just, you know, music and rhythm and that sort of thing.
0: Absolutely. And, um, I think one thing I noticed, well, I have noticed recently, which I found funny. So, um, it, it could just be me, or I think it might be sort of like an Australian sort of difference possibly is when I say to people, Oh, are you a studio owner? I mean, like Uh you have a dance studio or like a dance business. But, um, a few people I've been speaking to assumed they're like, no, 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 I don't have my own venue. And I was like, that doesn't matter to me. Like I really, I don't doesn't bother me at all. And I think I know a lot of people who have extremely successful studios that run out of multiple venues. So, um, it was just a funny Mm -hmm. difference that I noticed that, um, some people weren't saying that they were a studio owner, uh, because they ran out of different venues. So yeah, it was just an interesting difference, but I, um, I agree what you're, you're saying about the little ones and, you know, I, I do have a, um, a premises now that we have, you know, a fixed studio. in, but we also run out of schools and I think it's a fantastic way to, Mm -hmm. you know, really get into the community and branch out. But yeah, I think it's, um, wonderful. And yeah, that I like that. Um, like you said, I completely agree that all, all children should have access to really, you know, amazing dance education, wherever they are. So, um, Mm -hmm. kind of piggybacking off that, You also talked about your new business called Studio 2Go with your new business partners. Can you kind of share a little bit about that and maybe how that idea came up and, you know, what your main focus is at the moment?
2: Sure. So, you know, piggybacking off of all the things we just said, I think one of the biggest challenges about being uh, on-site dance studio is it's almost like you have to prove yourself even more Mm. because, you know, you don't have this beautiful studio space that parents are walking their children into. So, you know, when my teachers and my staff show up on site or I show up on site, you know, we very much have to look overly the part of the ballerina and our curriculum has to be on point. And I think that was where we kind of started to change our model a couple years ago is because you know before we were training our teachers how to teach and providing them with music and materials etc but if a mom called up and said what is Susie doing in class okay well what location is she at well then I'd have to go to the teacher and say what are you currently working on yada 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 and in Atlanta alone we have 36 locations so that just got to be really time consuming yes so we came up with a Progressive monthly curriculum two years ago and it has a theme. So we encompass a character development theme every month. So mm-hmm. we're we're in November. Our November theme is happy feet and thankful heart. And that's because it's Thanksgiving here in yeah. the US. And so our theme is gratitude. So you okay. know, we, we talk all about being thankful and gratitude. Mm-hmm. In October, it was fall and a dance. So obviously, we talked about pumpkins and leaves and everything in fall, but we also teach perseverance and determination. So when you fall, you have to get back up again. So we have these themes that, like, overlap into our classes, Hmm. and we started doing this two years ago, and immediately, it was easier for everyone. The staff knew what to do. They knew, you know, what steps they should be teaching at this particular time of the year. If a mom called our office, we knew exactly what to tell them we were doing in that particular month. And everything just became streamlined and cohesive. It was just an immediate, noticeable difference. So, you know, we did that for about a year. And my, one of my partners, Lauren, she's my artistic director. So she and I create the material wow. together. She does okay. most of it and, you know, runs the ideas by me. And we chat and I say, oh, we should do this. And, and we piggyback off of it together.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then my other partner, Robin, She's our regional director, so she works with our managing directors in each other market. So I have a managing director yeah. in Charleston and one in Athens, so she oversees them. Well, Robin was the one, and you know, she saw it in Dance Teacher Network and other places where all these people were saying, hey, where can I go to get curriculum, or where can I go to get preschool class content, et cetera? So she came to me and said, you've already done the work. Yeah. Have you ever thought about selling this? And I said, you know, not really, but let me think about it. And so I did talk to my husband about it, came back to Robin, approached Lauren, and we all entered into an agreement together. And so we've been working on it, and now we're really excited. Um, it, we officially launch January 5th, so we're going to do a behind-the-curtains week where everyone gets a trial week, and we're yeah, going to give nice. away lots of freebies. Yeah, so choreography, ballet, tap, hip-hop classroom content you know from teaching tools coloring sheets example marketing materials playlists recital photo booth ideas that sort of thing so we're going to kind of give all that away the week leading up to it and then we'll Mm -hmm. launch on that fifth and we're really excited so we are doing um, the monthly subscription model that you know other competitors do as well but we're doing it a little differently yeah we are only opening up enrollment twice a year Yeah. So we're going to open it up for a week in January and Mm -hmm. then a week in the summer. And that's it. You know, the biggest question I've got is well, why (laughs) you're going to turn away a lot of business, but we really want it to be a consultative approach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want it to be a more intimate kind of environment where we know the people who are using our product and they know us and they can provide feedback and say, I love this." this, you know, Maybe we can improve upon this. And then, you know, if they're in the community and they say, hey, I am really struggling with marketing and getting new students in the door. Okay, well, maybe we'll put together a webinar for yeah. our subscribers about marketing. You know, whatever it is that those people
1: yeah. in
2: our community are wanting, we'll create and curate material for them much more than just the monthly content. Yeah. And then also we, we will have a la carte items as well. So, you know, we'll have the one-off choreography and playlists and, you know, cross school activities and coloring sheets and birthday party packages, yeah. um, summer camps, et cetera, et cetera. You can pop in and buy all that year-round whenever you want it, mm-hmm. but the monthly curriculum is going to be more of a tailored approach. Yeah. And like you said,
0: there's... um. Uh, sort of models that offer those sort of uh, you know weekly plans or you make more of like a theme Mm -hmm. based thing but like you said it is sort of an all-round year thing and I I imagine Mm -hmm. it would be tricky to kind of you know keep up and really ensure that you keep delivering a really like top quality Mm product so the way you're doing it sounds fantastic and I can't wait to look at it during when you launch early
2: in the new year
0: so exciting Um, because I have been looking at your website And I really like um, how you've got those two kind of layers, like you said, that monthly and then there's, you know, the shop where you can, you know, if you're needing like a little bit of extra inspiration or you're wanting to, like you said, launch a birthday party, you can grab, you know, those, those smaller items all year round, which I think is wonderful.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. And, you know, speaking of the birthday parties, I mean, that is such a good way to increase revenue for studios. Mm. You know, I know some studios do and some studios do not, but Parents pay a pretty decent amount for birthday parties and it's an often overlooked area where you can actually, you know, come in and, and really increase revenue.
1: Mm.
0: Um, it is, uh, something I've noticed, uh, quite not everyone, but uh, you know, a few more studios are doing, and we have had a few mm-hmm. queries, uh, this year and it was just not something that I could take on board because, you know, even sure. though I've got an amazing team, I feel like it's really important to be, you know, at my focus is the, the, the class, the classes. So I wanted to make sure I was mm-hmm, really mm-hmm on top of that first, but then yeah, next year we will be launching birthday parties. So I'll be sure to check out your birthday party theme. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, we, we have our own venue, so it is a great way to recoup, uh, lease fees and rental fees, but, um, yeah, it seems to be an an area where people are willing to pay, you know, a higher amount, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. And then not only that, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've done a birthday party and seven moms will come up to me and say, we really want our daughter to take dance with you. So yeah. not only are you, like you said, you know, helping with the rent of your space, et cetera, mm. but you're also potentially getting lots of new dancers on the door that are going to be paying you monthly tuition. So, exactly. so really, it's, it's been a really great thing. Awesome.
0: And you know, with studio to go, how do you feel that studios will benefit long-term with the programs that you guys are currently
2: creating? So I think there's the obvious answer of immediately it will help you get more students in the door and increase your revenue because now you have this, you know, graded curriculum and it's just wonderful for that. Mm. However, I think when you're looking at a long-term and the overall health of a studio, You can't forget that these little ones coming in the door are the future of your studio. I mean, how many how many little girls dance? A lot, you know, and little boys too. But, you know, I most girls that I know dance at some point in their life. But as they get older, they trickle off and go do other things. Like very few actually stay with it for the long term. Well, by establishing a solid core curriculum you are ensuring that you are actually keeping those dancers in the door as well. Mm. So I really think that that's probably the biggest benefit that Studio 2 Go can offer is helping you create that long lasting legacy for your studio. Yeah.
0: Amazing. And like you said, yeah, even like if you think about just your friendship group, like obviously not everyone Mm -hmm. that you know is a dance studio owner or didn't dance all the way up until adulthood, but about ninety percent of um yeah. my friends have all danced at some point, whether that be at school or in a in a studio and generally it is putting them in when they're younger. And then if they do have that passion mm-hmm. and wanna stay, well then, you know, majority of people do stay with a studio if they're really happy. And yeah, Absolutely. like you said, if you can get them in the door and use a really fantastic program that um you know, your teacher's love as well, then that's amazing. And I also just want to point out, um, obviously your studio is quite large with lots of venues, but even Mm -hmm. do you think that Mm -hmm. a studio, you know, with, you know, just one location and a smaller team could really benefit from this as well?
2: Or, or or more even? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even a teacher. I mean, Mm. you can look at it different ways because yes, there is the business side of it and the revenue side of it and all that, but also let's say from a, dance studio owner's perspective for a small studio, Mm -hmm. it allows you to ensure that all of your dancers are getting the same quality education and your parents are getting what they pay for. You're providing a consistent, valuable service because when you have a teacher who's taught for 20 years and a teacher who's taught for 10 and then a teacher who's taught for two months, they're all at different places. Mm. But if you have something that you can provide them and you have benchmarks in place, you know that whether the child is in the two-month teacher's class or the teacher who's been teaching for 20 years, you know mm. they're going to be getting roughly the same dance education. And I think it's invaluable for a business owner for peace of mind so you can focus on the million other things that you have to yeah. focus on on a daily basis. Absolutely. And then as a teacher, you know, I, I will admit that I've been there and I'm sure you've been there before in the past too. You could have danced your whole life but that first moment when you step into a studio and you have all these people looking at you and you're the teacher even though you know exactly the structure of a class and what you have in your mind you're going to teach it's much different when you're actually doing it mm. so as a teacher as a brand new, as a brand new teacher it's great to have kind of a template to know that you know you're your spacing is correct with your timing and you're doing lots of varied activities, etc. And then even as a more seasoned teacher, sometimes you just need fresh perspective, you know, new yeah. content. So it's nice to shake it up a little bit.
0: Absolutely. And I feel as well, um, you know, I, I agree with hundred percent with what you're saying as a new teacher and then on a probably opposite Side of that is as a studio owner who still teaches, I know for me, you know, planning my classes, you know, it's something I think is so important, but it sometimes Mm -hmm. can get pushed back when, you know, there's other matters. (laughs) So having something already set up, I think, is a fantastic way for you then to be able to go, you know, and not, um, it take as much time to then go, you know, okay, this is what we're doing today, fantastic, and then you can ensure that. Um, other people in other classes are really, you know, doing the, the work that needs to be done. And then you are really organized as well, which I think is fantastic. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. So in regards to the programs that you guys have for studio to go, and then, you know, just as well as like curriculum, I guess, creation in general, where do you see the future of studios and, you know, in a broader term, I guess, more dance education in general, for preschool children, going so like, do you is do you think it's sort of going to keep trucking along, or do you feel like there's going to be a big change? Like, where do you see it going?
2: I think that it, I think it will keep trucking along. I don't yeah. think there's personally, I don't think there's going to be a huge change, just for the fact of what we said earlier. Mm. You and I both can agree that over ninety percent of the people that we know in our friend group, friends group, dance at some point in their in their lives. So I feel like for the most part, this is been consistent for years and years and years and I think it's going to continue to do so Um, from a dance studio owner's perspective one kind of thing that I've been seeing a lot in dance groups and I don't know if you have as well but I keep seeing how I guess there's more and more competition yeah you know there's more and more competition more and more dance studio owners can't pay their bills which Mm -hmm. is really unfortunate Mm -hmm. and then you have you know dancers going across the street or you know whatever so i feel like i feel like there could be a shift in that to where i really think that dance studio owners from that perspective may have to radically change how they operate their business in order to either stay in business or to you know keep new dancers coming in the door and yeah. that is one area where i think something like this could help because it's setting yourself apart from the competition mm-hmm. and so you're actually getting that clientele in the door
0: Absolutely. Um, and I do think that in, you know, like, well, I'm not sure exactly how it is in America um, and, you know, all around the world I know would be different, but in Australia, we don't have a whole lot of regu- regulations in our industry, which mm-hmm. some people think is beneficial and some people don't, but with no regulations comes, you know, anyone being able to open up with no um you know educational background or even no understanding of dance so um i feel like everyone if, you know if you really want to be able to open a dance studio i don't think you necessarily have to have you know 50 years of teaching and dance experience but
2: absolutely but yeah. i
0: think there should be some standard with the uh sort of the curriculum that you offer um and then you know it's up to you i guess whether you hire the uh you know highly trained teachers but having at least a basis mm-hmm curriculum, I think is so beneficial. Um, and I know there is, I know all, all of those dance groups. It's very interesting, isn't it? But you do see a lot of yeah. things about age appropriate, uh, content, yes. maybe yes. that <laughs> of, which I think is probably the most unfortunate in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah. But I feel, you know, every, and each to their own, but it's just not something I um, agree with, but I don't, met, mm-hmm. I don't see it as much with the preschool age, but I do think in general, it has been going in the ways of being too mature, but I do think there's been a kind of pushback mm-hmm. lately, which I find okay. um, positive. So, you know, it's, you mm-hmm. know, sort of people are sort of bringing that up as well. So, I think if you're implementing a really enriching curriculum and system, you know, with your preschool children, well, then as they get older, you can continue that. And, you know, you don't have to, I don't know, just creating a really wonderful base in your studio, I think. And, you know, like you said, from there, it'll just flourish.
2: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I do agree with you on all all fronts that you just said about some of it being more mature, but it seems that the industry is finally taking notice of that. Mm. And I think that's a really positive direction that we're moving because even from the preschool level, yeah. we are impacting them in ways that will last the rest of their lives. Absolutely, so it's really important that we are doing so in a really loving, nurturing, and age-appropriate way. Exactly.
0: Now, the business owner yourself and you having the, the two different businesses, So you, you run your studio mm-hmm. and then you also have um, the studio to go business. What's your favorite aspect of it?
2: So I think there are two different kind of aspects that touch on different things. I think the first is going back on what we were just saying is being able to impact a lot of people's lives. Like, that's really an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Not only are we doing something that we love and we are passionate about, but I still remember my very first dance teacher, Miss Rini. I adored her. I looked up to her. I thought she was the best. And we are recreating that at a very large scale. Mm -hmm. And so that is just so special and so powerful. And I can't believe that this is actually my career, A. And then B, I think the second thing is, um, you know, kind of freedom and flexibility to create whatever I want. Mm. Um, I feel like when I used to tell people that I wanted to be involved in dance somehow, they thought that, you know, I was a three-eyed monster, like, okay, yeah, sure, go do that. Mm. And there still are a lot of people that will say, so what do you want to do when you grow up? Because they just (laughs) can't really grasp how you are creating a career in, yeah. in this, you know, passion. Yeah. But to me, it's so special because you, know, you can look at the two different businesses and see how that transpired. We had mm-hmm. this one idea and then we turned it into another idea and now we're growing and you can always come up with new ideas and change them. And to me, that's just so powerful being an entrepreneur that yes. you really do have control over your future and I think that's a beautiful thing mm,
0: absolutely and like you said you it said can't, powerful
2: yes it can be scary at times but it's yeah. a beautiful thing you know so yeah
0: yeah I completely yeah, agree I think that flexibility as well like you said can sometimes be overwhelming um, depending on the person mm-hmm. as well you know basically like you said you're making decisions every day that essentially are going to affect other people but I think that you know mm-hmm. also so empowering. And yeah, in this industry, we do have a lot of, you know, creative um, leeway, I guess, as well, which is, in, in my opinion, one of the, the most, you know, fun things about it, which is awesome.
2: Yeah, sure. And, you know, that's actually one of the reasons that I chose to do a mobile studio versus an actual studio is because it, it granted me so much flexibility yeah. in both my personal life and my business life, so Mm -hmm. personal life, you know, I I could teach seven classes a day, and I could still be home in time to feed my child, give him a bubble bath, put him to bed, and then, you know, have a bottle of wine with my husband at the end of the day, like, that has offered that freedom to me to do something that I love, but still be able to have you know, some sort of a normal schedule. Mm. Obviously I go back to work at nights and on weekends sometimes because I'm Mm. an entrepreneur, but overall I do have that freedom and that's really amazing. And then speaking of the flexibility from an entrepreneur standpoint, the things we were speaking of earlier, how, you know, some businesses are struggling because competitors open up right down the street or because their landlord raises their rent or because they lost 10 dancers or whatever. Mm. For me, if I lose a location, I can go get three no locations Mm. and recoup that loss of revenue. And then not to mention, you know, there's no, there's not the same overhead. I mean, yes, we have overhead as far as teachers and and we pay our staff higher than most Mm. studios in the area. But, you know, we don't have the electricity, the rent. We still Uh. have insurance, sure. But it really allowed me to trim down the fat and have a really streamlined business. Yeah. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, that was really exciting and enticing to me as well.
0: Yeah. And I, um, you know, I do see that it sort of seems to me that people's ultimate goal for some reason is always having their own premises. And I do think there is yes. a lot of benefit in that as well, but percentage sure. wise, I was never more profitable than when I was renting per hour. Like, you know, now in my current studio, obviously my, um, revenue was a lot higher than when I first started, but percentage wise, you know, just with paying per hour, it's a really fantastic method. Mm-hmm. And I do think sometimes think people try and push quickly past that and try and mm-hmm. get in their own venue, you know, and everyone's, this is, this is why it's so amazing. Like you, you have the options and the choices to do whatever you please. But I do, you know, I still remember even when I was renting I was like oh it's so annoying having to you know carry stuff backwards and forwards and you know I can't wait till I get my own place I don't Mm -hmm. do that all my all my and all my like dreams will be you know come true and then you know I we got our own place and it is fantastic there is a heap of benefits about it but it also comes with its own problems like you know parking Mm -hmm. and then you know issues with you know Mm neighbors or you know it just there's never I don't think there's a a, a complete perfect situation um but I think I think people do need to look at you know the in the multiple locations is a great method as well and I think it's a great Mm -hmm. way to grow it's it's fantastic
2: for sure and I would 100% agree with you because there are days where I'm like oh it'd be so great to have this space I call my own and walk into it and then I do miss that thrill of working with the more older, really talented, dedicated, passionate dancer. Mm. But at the end of the day, I really love my family and I love to travel and I love all of these things. And this method allows me to do that. Yeah. But to your point where it's never perfect because I have challenges yeah. that a single space studio owner doesn't have. You know, mm. I now have thirty six directors that I have to keep up with and I have great staff so they certainly help with that but yeah. you know we have 36 directors that we have to keep up with and this location has this these different rules, and this location has these mm. rules, and we have to follow these rules while we're here and mm. those rules while we're there and then recital season we have 70 mm. something recitals to put on just in Atlanta alone oh, lord yes so you know, <laughs> yeah we we certainly have our issues as well yeah. it's just, I guess you're trading what you're comfortable with Mm. to get what works best for you yeah
0: and I still feel like you know you can have a super successful business and be a, a wonderful business owner in still renting out of halls like I don't think that you need mm-hmm. to have your own studio to quote-unquote make it or anything like that so mm-hmm. um, I 100% agree that yeah it's it's yeah and we basically have opposite studios like I have my own location I teach uh-huh. I teach the little e's but you know um, yeah, the focus is kind of all the way through, but I work nights, so you know, I'm not home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not home with my um, you know, my partner every night, but it works mm-hmm. for me right now, and that's that's the amazing you know flexibility that we have, like because he works nights too, so but you know, in five years that might change, yeah. I might want to look at restructuring, but I think, um, mm-hmm. just in general, people need to kind of reflect on their business and how it's affecting their life, and you know put their life first and then make decisions as well for their business as a result. So I feel like you've created a business around the life that you want to live. And that is essentially flexibility, which is amazing.
2: Yes. Thank you. It it has been amazing. Absolutely.
0: So what advice do you have uh, for others setting forth on building their own businesses in the dance industry?
2: So I think that there's a lot, but I think it's just, three biggest things I can tell you first and foremost is treat your business like a business. Yes. I feel like a broken record when I say that sometimes, but I I don't know why our industry more than other industries can kind of get caught in the past and how things were done then. But Mm. you know, it's 2017, almost 2018. We really need to bring our businesses and our studios up to the standards of other businesses. So that's my first biggest piece of advice is treat your business like a business, put those processes in place, hire the right people, train the right people, you know, get your curriculum, whatever it is you're doing, get your branding on point. Everything needs to be like in a perfect little notebook of how you run your business.
0: I'm nodding so hard right now. Like (laughs) my head's about to break off. Yes. This is so, I think this is so important. It's something I talk to. I have um, uh, like one of my closest friends. She is a studio owner in um, a a different state. And we always like talk about this. Like why, why are people plan to like run a business that isn't essentially a business? Like unless you're making revenue, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's more of a hobby essentially. So it's a hobby. Exactly. And, you know, and I, you know, everyone's been in that position and that's totally fine. But I think if you currently are in that position, really need to start making decisions on how to then basically transition into it being an efficient system, uh, business, sorry, an efficient business, which is, oh, I'm just oh, so happy you said that. Okay. That's amazing. Point number one. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks.
2: Point number two, self-care. Uh, you know, it goes back to the old saying when you're, the plane's going down, that's on your gas not gas mask (laughs) 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 don't put on your gas mask that might happen but you know put on your little air to come through before you do the child or the person next to you because if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of anyone else and I think that is so big for any business owner but Mm. specifically or if you are a woman listening to this because it's just in our nature where I think we run ourselves Ragged, and we take care of everyone else around us, and when you get a business, you just put everything you have into it, and then you end up exhausted and burnt out so again, it seems hard in that situation to where you are teaching and you are doing your accounting and you 're doing your marketing and you 're managing people and you 're doing everything mm. but whatever it is, even if it 's just twenty minutes a day going outside and taking a walk or sitting in the fresh air and reading a book or going to get your nails done or going to meet a friend for coffee, Mm. you have to make time for that. Like, I think that is just so important because Mm. that's your life, you know? So be happy, self-care. Yes. And then the third and final point is to follow your gut.
0: Yes. There
2: have been a few times in my business where my gut told me one thing, but logically, I thought another. Mm. And so I went with logic every time my gut was right. Yeah. So I think it's so important to follow your instincts, trust yourself mm. and do what you know in your heart to be right. Um, I don't remember who said this, I, it might've been our dog trainer, <laughs> actually, but we're the only species who will see danger and rationalize it and talk ourselves into going towards danger. Yeah. So if a dog sees someone they don't like, they're gonna growl or they're gonna go hide or they're gonna run in the other direction. Same with every other animal, they don't willingly walk into a bad situation. Yeah. But as humans, we see something, our instincts will tell us, this doesn't feel right, you know, I, I don't know. But then we'll allow our brains to overcomplicate it. So I think that's the big thing. is just if you're a business owner, whatever your first gut is, like yes, analyze it a little bit to make sure it's right. But at the end of the day, trust yourself.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Every, um, you know, every sort of, you know, not mate, like there's nothing being really huge and major that's happened to the studio. But you know, every um teacher I've hired that maybe hasn't worked out properly or anything like that, yes. my gut was like, oh, it's not right. But like I was really, I was. You know, yep. I was desperate. I needed someone. And I kind of just, mm-hmm. like you said, rationalized it. And it, at the end of the day, it came back and bit me on the tushy. So um, I think, yet yeah, following your instincts is, is such an important thing and something that I don't think we pay enough attention to when we're so busy. But mm-hmm. I think it's so important.
2: 100% agree. Because that's exactly what I was speaking of. Like mm. that teacher where you're thinking, well, her resume is great. Yeah. But something doesn't add up. But yeah. you need a teacher. And then you do it and and then you end up paying for it later. So, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Now, before we were talking about, you know, setting a really great foundation and, you know, having a curriculum is also a great way to attract new students. But do you have any other tips or favorite ways to attract new students into your studio?
2: You know, I think piggybacking off what we were saying earlier about treating your business like a business and bringing it into the current state of other businesses I really feel like Facebook marketing yeah. and social media, social media marketing in general. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their phones in front of them all the time. It's quite ridiculous to be honest, yeah. but you know, I, there are statistics to prove that social media marketing is the best bang for your bunk right now. So I think yeah. if you are out there and you haven't tried social media marketing, that would be my first piece of advice is start playing around with it. Take a course, whatever it is you need to mm. do, figure it out, and give that a try. Um, word of mouth has always been our biggest source of referrals. Amazing. Um, this year, yeah, this year alone, since September, we've had three new locations contact us, and we've started three new locations the past few months, and it was all wow. word of mouth. Whether That's The director was the director of another school and moved, or you know, a mom who took with us at one place for two or three years and then now is at another place and is telling their new location. No, 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 no. You have to bring these people in. You have to bring these people in. So word of mouth is by far, I think, the biggest source of marketing that you could possibly provide for yourself because people trust the people they know. So If you have moms going out there and singing your praises, other moms are going to jump on board. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, there's always the standards, you know, you bring a friend week, mm. uh, you, around the holidays, you can do holiday promotions. All of those I certainly definitely agree with. And then also we have like a referral program as well. And I yeah. think that could work well for studios. So I, I'm sure a lot of studios have that. But yeah. I do think that's beneficial to give some sort of kickback to your existing student or parents for bringing more in the door.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we've we um, uh, put in an official referral program this year, which we've noticed has been really helpful. Like we always had good word of mouth, but I think adding something that's a little bit more set in stone really kind of encourages people mm-hmm. to maybe bring it up a little bit more because, you know, sometimes you don't, you know, you might not know that someone's actually looking for a studio, but I find that um, parents who, if there's something a bit more, you know, structure sort of set in place, they're more likely to go, oh, hey, did you know, you know, Jenny started dance here and, you know, it's so fantastic. If you're ever looking for a studio, you should start. And I feel like um, it's been a really great way to, you know, thank our parents as well that have taken the time out of their busy Mm -hmm. schedule, which is awesome.
2: Yes, that's amazing. And piggybacking off that, not what you asked, but we also have referral programs in place for our staff. Yeah. Because I feel like that's another, mm. another great way to get those great teachers in the door because a teacher usually isn't going to recommend someone that they're going to be embarrassed by. So yeah, we absolutely. do give kickbacks, you know, little kickback bonuses to our staff and they refer teachers to us as well.
0: That's fantastic because to be honest, all of my most amazing team members have come from referrals from the people mm-hmm. I already trust. So whenever I need mm-hmm. a team member, my first point of call is asking my current team members, but I haven't done that as of yet. We're a bit of a a smaller team, but I definitely think it would be um, a fantastic thing to put in place. So that's wonderful.
2: Yes. Thanks.
0: So other than that, what are your favorite business tools and resources? So it could be online. It could be a paper resource. Like what what are you loving right now?
2: 100% hands down Canva. I don't know how I live without Canva. I mean, oh, it, yes. <laughs> it has just changed how I do everything. Yes, I mean, it's so good. It, I don't know how people are running a business without it. Mm. So,
0: it's, it's that, so amazing. Yes.
2: That hands down has been the best thing for me. So, that is way up here. And then, you know, a little bit farther down, Planoli has really been a new thing. Are you familiar with Planoli? what's it called? Cannoli. Planoli, like plan, like P-L-A-N-O-L-Y, planoli. What? I've never heard of it. Okay. Okay. So it is for Instagram. And so oh. when I do my marketing, my marketing Mondays, Yeah. I can batch my posts and mm-hmm. put them all in there. And then I see what it all looks like together. And so, oh. I mean, there are, there are times where something's relevant, And it might not look as pretty with everything else, but it's relevant. And so I override that. Yeah. But it allows you to look and just see how the whole general flow of your page looks together. So it's more visually pleasing Mm. and it allows you to schedule it and it allows you to schedule it without getting, it it will say like hashtag or sent via Planoly, but I just delete that out and put, you know, my copy in there and then schedule the day. And then you get a reminder on your phone Mm. that says, Hey, you know time to to post and then you Absolutely. go and you post it and easy peasy
0: amazing oh just as well for people if they don't know canva c-a-n-v-a is like a an online software that's really easy drag and drop kind of like graphic design type system and mm-hmm. um, it's so wonderful and i it's either free for the basics of it or i pay i think Oh, like ten dollars a it's month. Nine ninety
2: nine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's nine
0: ninety nine. Yeah. And the, but the most amazing—I'm not sure if you agree, but in, t- in my opinion, the most amazing feature is you create one like post or whatever you want, and then you can like do the magic resize, and it changes it to all the other sizes that you need it for. And oh my god, I just love it so much. You don't have to, you know. Wait, 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 wait! You just taught me something new. I didn't know that. Oh my god! You like honestly, you cannot live without it. It's so good. So when you create like a, a Facebook one, like um, a
2: Facebook versus Instagram, okay. Yeah,
0: and you know, to be honest, they're pretty interconnectable. But like I, you know, then I might need an A4 pa- uh, poster for the studio or whatever. So then yeah. you go to the top like left corner, and you click like magic resize or like magic convert, and then you, what? and then you click like which ones you want. You could be like seventeen, and then it just automatically like adjusts it, and then you it opens it on a new tab and you just change the name of it so it doesn't double save. It's so good. Like it's just, and like, then you can do like, for instance, when we run like a, you know, we have, we just had it recently had an adult ballet course. So I made a Facebook Uh group. And then I magic resized it to a Facebook ad to try booking where we sell our tickets to a poster we have in the studio, to an email header, to a group header, like, and then it literally does it in a second and you just might need to check to make sure it's all worth, but it's literally, it saves so much time and it's so handy.
2: You just made my day so much more. So good.
0: It's, and I honestly, that's like the only reason why I started paying for it because I was like, Oh, I had, you know, I had to copy and change it was just uh-huh.
2: really it is amazing all the things you can do from Ugh. facebook to instagram yeah. to programs i mean our holiday cards i just did an ebook in there i mean yeah. you can do anything
0: and now with like instagram stories and all of that type of thing mm-hmm. um i'm i mostly kind of keep that a bit more organic sort of shooting on the spot, but you know, if I, if you want to get a bit more like of a curated Instagram story, you can convert it to that as well, which I think is awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed.
0: Canva Uh, love all the way. Canva (laughs) and planoli you said. Yes. I must be getting hungry because I thought you were saying cannoli. <laughs>
2: cannoli. Hey, yeah. yes, you know, cannoli sounds really good too. <laughs>
0: I know. Um, I, I use something else for my social media sort of planning out called co-schedule. Have you heard of that? I have not. Look into it because it's really fantastic because you can literally um, plan out and map out all of your blog posts, Instagram posts. Facebook group posts uh events you can schedule it, it literally you can do everything and like for instance because like I'm running the blog on our dance studio page as well as through my coaching page and everything mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. You can set it all up in there and have it scheduled to go and like through the podcast and everything so like everything goes out at this time at this and you know mm-hmm. and if you have VAs and thing that work for you then you know people you can put it in like um draft mode or like needs to be checked mode and then you as the the owner of the business can then like approve it and then it's officially going out so and it has a fantastic app that reminds you to post to Instagram because in case people I'm sure people figured out by now but no third party apps can post automatically to Instagram mm-hmm. which is so annoying but anyway <laughs> Um, so, you know,
2: that's actually, that's actually good though, too. So I know no third party apps can to Instagram, but I know third party ones can to Facebook. Yes. But so do you know when you allow a third party one to do it to Facebook, it actually hurts your reach?
0: Yes, I know it does, but it's kind of like, I you guess. You don't care. You're like, but. <laughs> it's like kind of weighing <laughs> up that versus having to do it. But like, I guess. Yeah. If you have a good
2: mix. I still schedule mine in Facebook. So. I know if you're doing like your blogs and everything all at the same time, I guess it could get time consuming, but I still do like on Monday I go into Facebook and I schedule all my posts for the rest of the week. So I don't go into Facebook every day and do like mm, individual yeah. posts. So I still schedule them Yeah, um, in Facebook itself.
0: Yes. Yeah, I don't use, I use that some sometimes that we mostly use co-schedule yeah. for everything because then we can, gotcha. we can use like a cross platform platform. Um, yeah. scheduling which is really helpful but i do know that it sort of it does affect your organic reach but i just do my best to try and then do you know sure. random shots from class and things like that that are a bit more mm-hmm. um spon- spontaneous i guess to try and gotcha. avoid that but to be honest if i Balance
2: made every, it, yeah
1: yeah
0: if i made every decision to try and keep up with the um facebook algorithm i think that would be a full time job because it changes so much
2: it 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 really does it's yeah. quite complicated. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Awesome. So almost finishing up for today, I just wanted to, so you touched on um, about how Studio 2 Go is officially launching in January, which is amazing, but you know, Mm -hmm. what can the world expect in the future from your dance studio, which is Studio Go, as well as Studio 2 Go? So other than the launch, maybe.
2: Sure. So with Studio Go, the studio aspect, I think we're at a good little point where I want to coast a little bit Awesome. You know, like I said, we started Studio Go in, tw- we, we in 2015 and already we're in five cities. So amazing. it's been really, it's been amazing. But, you know, couple that with having a baby and everything else. I'm just, I'm at a point where I'm like, well, you know, we, we've done a lot. We need to be happy where we're at. And I'm sure we're still going to continue to grow in those markets. So yes. by far, I'm not saying we're not growing. I just don't think we're going to take on any new market at this point for the time being. Um, and it's been really amazing because all those other four markets, that was all organic. I didn't contact anyone about expanding Studio Go. Each time someone came to me and said, Hey, I really like your business model. I really like your brand. Can I bring you here? And we had meetings discussed back and forth, negotiated and did that. Um, so that's been really wonderful. And I think in the future it could continue to go that way, whether whether we continue to go like the managing director route where everything is, you know, under our home office or Mm -hmm. whether in the future, because I did have one managing director who maybe wants to franchise and that's that's not off the table, Yeah. but it's not anything I'm considering right at this moment. Just like I said, with Studio 2Go opening, there's just a lot. (laughs) But with Studio (laughs) 2Go, you know, we really just plan to be the one-stop shop for the dance educator so whether you want like I said the cohesive monthly curriculum with the character development theme and the very tailored group where we're creating and curating content for you you have that or you can pop in and we're always going to be adding choreography, ballet, tap, hip-hop, birthday party packages, you know summer camp packages, coloring sheets, teaching tools, props. We're actually probably going to Um, sell some retail with our props like our ribbon rings and different other things and then one thing that dance teachers will be very excited about is our Prosecco MCA tops I'm not sure if you've seen those I love them they're amazing thank you I might just have to send you one but we are doing we are doing an entire boozy ballet line so we already have about five more on the back burner. That's and amazing. And so they're all dance and booze related. <laughs> so it's fun. So yeah, yeah. Just, you know, fun things like that. We want to be there for the dance educators because yeah. we are dance educators ourselves.
0: Yes. Um, in case our listeners so, don't know, yeah. you should definitely head to Studio To Go's Instagram or Facebook page. And you can see a picture of um, these amazing like sort of slouchy style tops, and it says on it, yeah, mm-hmm. prosecco and plies, which is fantastic. It's so it's so fun. Like you know, it's such a big part of our lives. And I think you know, well, yeah, the plie part, depending on the person, prosecco would <laughs> be, you know. But um, yeah, I think it's you know, it's really it's fantastic what you're doing, and I'm sure that all of that stuff will go really well as as well. It's it's very exciting.
2: I agree, and that's I actually had a friend of mine who she's the one who came up with Prosecco employees. She said, oh my gosh, Leah, I was thinking of you the other day and I just saw this slogan, this slogan that's so you. And yeah. she told me, I was like, I love that. And I said, can I yeah. use that? And she yeah. said, sure. And so I went to Lauren and Robin because every meeting, well, not every meeting we have now because <laughs> we have a lot of meetings. Yeah. but There are a lot of meetings where Prosecco is involved. Nice, so that sounds even amazing. By, even. Yeah, even my Studio Go meetings, we start every meeting with a champagne or Prosecco toast. Just a fun little way for the staff to get together and, you know, have a little cheers and celebratory and, you know, That's it's so just lovely. fun. Yeah. So we were like, this is so all three of us. And it yeah. just kind of adapted. And and I feel like so many other dance educators are that way because people yeah. see me in this shirt and they come up and say, I love that shirt. Where did you get it? And I'm like, Oh, yeah. well, it's actually mine. We'll be selling this soon. But I know.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Well, I'll obviously um, share that when they go live. I'll, sh- I'll share that with our listeners Thank so they, you. they know where to go. But um, that is basically it. But I just wanted to let uh, – I want you to let everyone know where our board listeners can find out more about you or and the programs you offer and, and you know, where – you know, currently, I guess um, you haven't launched Studio to Go as of yet, but they could probably definitely find you on Instagram and Facebook, and then obviously we'll share again when you guys launch. So, where, where can our listeners find Thank you? Thank
2: you. So, our websites are just www.studiogo studio and then studio to go dance So, pretty easy. And then we're both on Facebook and Instagram at Studio Dance or at Studio to Go Dance. So definitely, you know, if you're interested in learning more about the programs, go follow us, like us, whatever. And we, we try to post consistently and just let you know, you know, get to know us. We want it to be a very personal community. So we hope to see you there.
0: Awesome. And I just signed up for your newsletter as well on the studio to go Yay! website. So I'm sure if you sign up for that newsletter as well, you guys will be sharing that with your subscribers once you're ready to launch.
2: Absolutely. And we have been... People on our list right now, we call it our wait list. We have been sharing fun little freebies. Ooh. We did a holiday coloring sheet oh, this week funny. or last week. A couple weeks for that, we did a little tap dance. So, yeah, definitely go join and we'll send you some fun freebies.
0: Oh, fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us today, Leah, on the Business of Dance podcast. It's been a joy to speak to you and hopefully we can catch up again in the new year and talk about all the other amazing things that you guys have launched with Studio To Go as well.
2: Absolutely. Sounds wonderful. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Claire.
1: An announcement that Studio To Go has officially been launched. They now provide a concierge program that offers monthly curriculums for preschool ballet and tap. Be sure to sign up soon as they only offer enrollment twice a year, and their cart is currently open until January 12th. If this is something you are interested in for your studio, please visit www.studiotogodance.com concierge dash two go. Their a la carte services are open year-round and features choreography, classroom tools, props, retail, and more. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast